what does Christian faith look like in business? We have a calling that's bigger than business. There's what's called servant leadership. We are very, very small in the grand scheme of God's all-powerful nature. Lord, let me just serve the small square inch that you've given me today. Mm -hmm. Hello and good day. Welcome to another episode of The Consultant and the Coach. My buddy Josh is over here pointing at what I need to be doing, but that's okay because he's my good buddy. I appreciate and you uh, tolerating me. And we talked last week about a good life team and a good team works together and says, hey, you need to be doing this. That's right. Now, in leadership and in business, we need to be pointed in the right direction and uh, Josh and I were Christians. He's a consultant. I'm a coach. We're good friends. But because of our faith, because faith is so important to us, we need to be aware of that in business. And if we don't, the last thing we want to do is say, hey, uh, our life was perfect. We made all this money. And then we get to heaven and God says, yeah, you didn't. Missed the point. Yeah, you, you missed the point. And so today, what does Christian faith look like in business? Um, so Josh, how you doing today, man? I'm doing good. It's been a good week and we're just rolling along and you know, things are good. We are. Always challenges. But as things are rolling along <laughs> yep. and we're doing well, we also don't want to lose sight of the end and what that right. looks like. Hopefully the end is 50 years from now. Right, right. Not tomorrow. But how are we going to be faithful um, till the end? What, what scripture came to mind? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the idea is, you know, business leaders struggle at times, I think with, you know, too much ambition, right? You don't you don't get to a leadership role without having some level of ambition, and um, it's important to learn to be faithful with things. And so we thought of uh, Luke sixteen one through thirteen, so which it's is a, just bizarre because it's a parable of the dishonest manager, which Jesus commends, right? That's, um, that sounds like oxymoron, but yeah. L- but let's l- read let's it. Listen to it. Let's read it. Okay. So again, Luke sixteen one through thirteen. He also said to his to the disciples, "This is Jesus." Uh, Jesus said, There was a rich man who received an accusation that his manager was squandering his possessions. So he called the manager and asked, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you can no longer be my manager. So this maybe applies, right? Business leadership, Mm -hmm. right? You're the manager. We're we're all of us are, if we're in business leadership, sort of like managers. Then the manager said to himself, What should I do since my master is taking the management away from me? I'm not strong enough to dig. I'm ashamed to beg. I know that I'll do so that... uh, I know what I'll do so that when I'm removed from management, people will welcome me into their homes. This is like calling in your customers, right? Mm -hmm. What's he going to do? So he summoned each one of his master's debtors. How much do you owe my master? He asked the first one. A hundred measures of olive oil, he said. Take your invoice, he told them. Sit down quickly and write 50. So he's basically, you know, (laughs) it's like (laughs) some version of fraud here, right? This is weird. So next, he asked another, how much do you owe? A hundred measures of wheat. He said, take your invoice, he told them, and write 80. Okay, fraud again. The master, funny enough, the master praised the unrighteous manager because he had acted astutely. For the sons of this age are more astute than the sons of light in dealing with their own people. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous money so that when it fails, they may welcome you into eternal dwellings. Whoever is faithful in very little is also faithful in much, and whoever is unrighteous in very little is also unrighteous in much. So if you have not been faithful with the unrighteous money, who will trust you with this with what is genuine? And if you have not been if you have not been faithful with what belongs to someone else, who will give you what is what is your own? No household slave can be the slave of two masters, since either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. 
you can't be slaves to both God and money. Mm. And so I think it's just a it's recognition of the frailty and the limited limit the limits of human wealth mm-hmm. and business pursuits and that there's a um, there is not an eternal nature to those things, right? And so we are called to be stewards, we are called to be faithful in how we, we manage these things, but we have to hold them loosely. Right. We do. Yeah. And that yeah. is a complicated passage. I'm going Oof. back to like, okay, I have my master's of divinity, but I'm like, okay, I'm going okay, to read three it comp- I'm gonna need to read three <laughs> commentaries, go back and look at the Greek. Go get the Greek. So I'm not going to dive into that passage no, because big, a, I don't want one. to mishandle scripture. But what we can dive into very, very easily is you have God and money. Mm-hmm. Or excuse me, uh, you know, yeah, God and money. Mm-hmm. And a Christian should... Hey, God is way more important than money. We always need to understand that. Yeah. And in business, that's kind of hard because we can see the money. We can see the P&L. We can see all that. Mm-hmm. God doesn't typically manifest himself in person where we can see him and say, Hey, Josh, I'd, I'd, I'd change your KPI to this. Yeah. So how do we maintain Christian faith when we're looking at our bank balance and we're trying to grow our company? Because sometimes it gets a little bit hard. Right. What does that look like? Yeah, I mean, there's this passage gives us lots to think about there, but I think you know it goes back to many of the things we've talked about on this podcast about you know what's your identity, who you are. You know, Scripture talks about who we are in Christ, talks about you know what our values should be as believers, talks about um, where you know we should be thinking about orienting ourselves. That leads to obviously how we care for our families, how we spend our time. Um, and so all of this is building to this idea that, you know, the business profit, the business output, the, the, the salary, the bonuses, whatever the, the money aspect of it has got to be, you know, not even, certainly not primary, certainly not even secondary, but just sort of a tertiary outcome measure, if you will, right? Or, or a tool of a broader thing that you're considering building with your life and, and sort of the way you're thinking about stewarding things with a kingdom orientation, you know? Mm-hmm. And, there's, and obviously we could talk more about how to do that, but... Yeah. And- this may or may not be popular. It depends on what perspective you come. Um, <laughs> By now, they might have turned off the, yeah, the YouTube. Might, so it's still going. But, it's good. <laughs> but I do want to say this because at the end of it, and we've had this conversation, even on this podcast, is we've talked to people of different perspective. Mm-hmm. And we've mm-hmm. said, you know, it always comes down to what is one's core belief. What mm-hmm. is, because eventually, if there's, a dis- if there's a disagreement, eventually you still have to keep digging and digging and digging and digging. Mm-hmm. digging. Well, as Christians, we would uphold that our, you know, at the end of the day, what does scripture say? Mm-hmm. That's how the two of us and why we get along so well, because even if we both disagree, we can say, okay, what does Proverbs say? What does Psalms say? What does James say? What do we see Jesus saying in the gospels? Mm-hmm. And we, we can look at that. Whereas other people, they say, well, my extreme authority is my happiness or my extreme authority is this. Mm-hmm. And we can hang out with people who have different degrees of perspective. Mm-hmm. But I would say for us, and you know, this podcast, as we've said uh, two podcasts ago, is geared towards Christian leaders. I would encourage everyone, what is your extreme authority when coming up with perspective Mm -hmm. and um you know how do you make decisions and i think if you're wondering if you're thinking hearing this and you're going well i'm not sure right that's okay or if you're thinking gosh i i I know what it is 
But I think the test for this, I liked actually Craig Rochelle's book in this way. One of the things he put so simply that I did not see in other habits books was this idea of you do what you do because of what you think of you, Mm -hmm. right? And so if you aren't, if you have a perspective, you would say, hey, my authority is this, or my authority is scripture, like you said, or my faith. Um, But how do your actions line up, right? So the next step is not only what you think your authority is, but then... If the, your actions may not reflect that, and it's not because that's not your authority, it's because your own view of your personal identity has not been shaped into that authority yet. Mm-hmm. And so many times that's where the next step, right? And you, as a coach, you begin to work, and, right? And, and the identity issues. And also as a coach, I'm trained at listening to this. Mm-hmm. So this last week I was uh, leading a staff meeting and we were doing an IDS, which comes out of the book Traction. It stands for Identify, Discuss, Solve. And one of my key leaders this week, who, by the way, is one of my most brilliant leaders, he can look at things and diagnose it and fix it. But it was fascinating. He was solving it. And actually, he was going to solve the question perfectly. But he started with, I'm horrible at this. And I actually mm. stopped the meeting and I said, hey, buddy. Can you rephrase your solution? He goes, yes, I'm horrible at this, and then gave the solution. I'm like, no, let's try it again. And he, I coach him on the side as well, too. And I said, how about my desire is this, and then he gave the solution. I said, how does that hit differently? So the reason why I'm bringing this back to our Christian faith perspective, in working with Christian leaders, I find a lot of times that we don't even know what God calls us. Mm-hmm. If you read scripture, it says, mm-hmm. hey, we are beloved. We are forgiven. We are, and we could go all day long. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we'll proclaim to be Christians. Mm-hmm. We'll read scripture. We're like, oh, I believe that. And then I'll talk to someone. And then it's just like, we still think we are the person we were before we became mm-hmm. disciples of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so in business, we need to understand our faith perspective and actually believe it. Mm-hmm. And what do our words say Mm-hmm. Say, hey, my desire is this. I'm not there yet, but my desire is to do this for my team. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and that and that starts to it has echoes of again the last two books we've done, um, both one from a Christian perspective, one from from more of like a mindfulness and meditation perspective, um, by Eric Kolsoppel, uh, Prophet with Presence. But both had pieces around there around affirmations, right? So that gets back into a little bit of the habits piece, but to to reinforce not just reading scripture but having certain affirmations that reflect the identity the identity that reflects your ultimate authority so that you can be pulled back into not just saying what you want to be but you remind yourself of who you are or who you are in christ so therefore you can live that out more in a greater way with integrity Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, in terms of a Christian faith, you ha- w- what we should do as we lead our companies, values come into this. Mm-hmm. And I would say as a Christian, how do your Christian values affect your consulting? Mm-hmm. Or how should, mm-hmm. whether we're talking mm-hmm. to plumbers or tech workers or you name it, how should, if someone is a Christian, how should one's values affect their work, even if they work for a secular company? Sure. Well, that's that answer is going to be a little bit different for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's a hard, you know, that's a hard challenge. I think um, there are some companies that are um, pretty benign, right? It's easier to work for than others. I've talked to people who have there are there are now very hostile workplaces to mm-hmm. Christianity, right? And so yes. either you have to navigate that well. I think it's it's 
wherever you're at, actually, I think people in business and in, in really anywhere out in the, the world each day, which is most people in business is, is and whether that's even just a, a, an alternate setting, maybe you're a teacher, right? And you're in school every day, you're in public school or places are, you know, wherever there's not expressed faith each day, it, that's the calling to prayer, mm-hmm. right? And the calling to reading scripture and discernment. And, and, discernment. and two and, podcasts ago, you brought up Daniel. That was a hostile work environment. Yeah, Daniel. that's a great example. Yeah. Um, and praying for the people you work with, right? Even if it's a like, Lord, let me just be your light to the people. You know, I, I bring to mind, I don't always look at it, but I try to bring to mind my schedule. And I sort of, I, I visualize mm-hmm. the, the conversations from like with my kids at breakfast, right? to driving on the road this morning to come here, right? To spending time with you, to the next meeting I go after this, to a a lunch meeting I have for a a volunteer thing. Um, Wherever those things are, whatever they look like, it's it's spending time committing those to the Lord and then asking for wisdom, right? So that in those moments, we're able to be the hands and feet of Christ, even to a world who wouldn't acknowledge him as an authority in any way. And we don't even have to be overly overt about it. So correct me. I think a lot of Christians make a bigger deal out of this than it actually should be. Hmm. So let me give you an example. If you hire a Christian plumber, I mean, I think it's awesome if you hire a Christian plumber, but at the end of the day, can they fix your pipes where it drains well? Mm -hmm. I am looking, I think a way, you know, you don't have to share the gospel, Mm-hmm. But at the same time, what you want out of your plumber is to fix your plumbing problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What you want out of your electrician is that everything works well in a very safe way. And I think sometimes we get too caught up into all of the side issues. Now, I do think, hey, what does it look like in business to be a Christian? Let your yes be yes and your no, no. I was going to say that one of the things I think that at least gives me comfort, even though I know it's not a guarantee because we all sin, is... I at least have an understanding of the person's ethical foundation, you know, especially when you get into working with people in business, whether it's in your home, like when you mentioned or, or partnerships or getting it, whatever it looks like is at least if you know, you share some semblance of, you know, (laughs) moral basis, Mm -hmm. right? You can trust that person somewhat a little more quickly, right? You you can still get taken advantage of. You can't be foolish. correct? But um, that's the other tricky part is just trying to finding a basis for trust um, and and trust in their decision-making around certain ethical um, foundations. Mm -hmm. Now, from my standpoint, when I've worked at Values in our company, because we're now up over 80 employees, and... I always go back to the Lord's Prayer, and the Lord's Prayer, you know, is, you know, um, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. So I see our Christian faith not only as just like, hey, we're working towards heaven, but our workplace should also reflect what does a kingdom workplace look like? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Hey, fair pay. We should be honest. We should be ethical. We mm-hmm. should. Right. Yeah. And that gets into there should be trust. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, there should be trust, and then there should be, um, I think, a recognition that we have a calling that's bigger than business, mm-hmm. right? There happens to be specific ways this plays out with a specific role, with a specific product or service, with a specific mm-hmm. industry. But all of that is all in service to much, much bigger things if you're framing your values and your, your messaging and your um, storytelling. We talked about that in one of our, mm-hmm. you know, with... Um, with all the war they want about storytelling and framing, you know, it, it, these things should be framed in bigger narratives, right? Than just 
the business. Mm -hmm. I had a cool story last week. I'm teaching a, a leadership group, and we were going through Dave Ramsey's Entree Leadership, and this is mm, a fellow nice. in our this is a fellow in our uh, company. He's a brand new baby Christian, so maybe a year in the faith. And he said to me, "Hey, Eric, there's a lot of correlation between church and our business, and I'm starting to see it." Now, wow, I did not that's lead, a big compliment. I did not lead him to faith. Yeah. I didn't. He was led to faith by someone else. He's going to church. And if you work for our company, what you're going to hear is you'll hear Christian values and you'll hear some scripture and prayer before our meetings. But that's mostly it. This person's a delivery technician. That's what he does. But he's starting to realize, hey, my business world also coincides with my church world. And I think that's how we can come alongside because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, wheelchairs are very non i don't care if someone's a democrat or republican or whatever mm -hmm. if you need a wheelchair that's the number one thing we're going to take care of you mm -hmm. now do i have beliefs absolutely do right. i have faith beliefs absolutely but we can create business environments that help the cause rather than hurt the cause right yeah absolutely. well and whatever our sphere of influence right i think um i can't remember which theologian said this but it's it's this prayer of you know because of the fact that we are also very, very small in the grand scheme of God's eternal, you know, all-powerful nature, you know, Lord, let me just serve the small square inch that you've given me today, mm -hmm. right? And so that's, you are influencing the relatively very small square inch that the God has asked you to steward in this life, right? And, and obviously it's small, so, but it's important. I have a little quandary because I hear this all the time, both in a good and bad way. There's what's called servant leadership, <laughs> oh, servant leadership. And I was like, oh, oh boy. Man, so had, I'm going to ask you. You had to open up that one. I'm sorry to open up this can of worms. Mm -hmm. What do we do as Christians and servant leadership? What do you do, man? Do we have to be doing trash duty every single day to show that we're servant and washing feet? And what does that look like in business? Well, Jeez. If you're watching this on YouTube, you had Josh ask, just you had, got uncomfortable. You, no, I'm not uncomfortable. Just we've got like a few minutes left, and you just asked me to like start talking. Uh, <laughs> give you a whole sermon on this. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, servant leadership is based on Christ and how he lived out. But I think you know the basic nature of Jesus. And the longer I study Jesus, the more I even see the upside down, inside out, backwards, forwards economy that Jesus sees, right? So servant leadership is is at its core gonna is a continual journey where you're simply reimagining the kingdom, right? Mm -hmm. And reimagining how things are challenging status quo. Because you know, trying to think about what you're, you know, that it's it's actually not easy. It's really, really, it's hard really hard because that's a daily journey into, you know, flipping the script on what it takes to not only do business but do it in a way that it's, you know, honoring faith and serving the people around you. And yeah, maybe it means trash duty. You know, maybe it means you don't because you're actually taking a job away from somebody who you're hiring to do that job, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe you're not. Maybe the best thing you can do is not to do the trash duty, right? It's you know, do you do you park next to the building because, you know, it's important to be efficient with your time? Or do you park really far away because, you know, you want to serve people? So, so you have to think about... It's, com it's complicated. It's complicated. Absolutely. My goodness. Why did you ask me that question towards the end of the podcast? Because well, really, I, I saw your you work status. I saw your work status. <laughs> Tell me your work status. It's complicated. <laughs> but that truly is servant leadership. And so people yeah. who say... I guess I knew that was going to ruffle some feathers because when people say, oh, servant leadership's this. No, it's, no, it's not. It's, it is complicated. It is. it is messy. 
especially when well, you, you say step into the lives of other people, right? That's effectively what servant leadership is, is stepping and also, into other people. Here's another thing. I'm just going to embrace. We can't answer this today, but if you want to scale your business, servant leadership looks really, really different because you can't be doing garbage duty all day long if you want to scale your business yeah. for God's glory. And I'm not saying so. And this is where it gets really complicated. What that looks like. Yeah. And uh, I would say, not to. Both of us, I think we figured out what that looks like. So hire Josh as a consultant. Well, he, can, it, he can walk you along. Well, I'll lines. give you a quick example. Like a, a quick example that's more concrete is, you know, coaching baseball, right? So I enjoy coaching baseball. It's my second year. Last year when I stepped into coaching baseball, there's a difference between leadership and servant leadership. Leadership is you execute on practices. You have a schedule. You get the kids into the games. You make sure kids have a good time. You make sure they're learning baseball, right? Servant leadership, in my mind at least, is you begin to step into the mess of all the families on said baseball mm-hmm. team. Yes. I mean, I can't tell you, I had, I had one kid, mom going through breast cancer treatment. Another kid, grandpa brought him to the first practice because dad had recently died. Another kid, you know, um, another family, didn't know the specifics, but you can just see on the outside there's a lot of hurting, a lot of brokenness, right? Um, and and some major than behavioral expressions, not positive ones, mm-hmm. from said child who I'm trying to manage in a loving way, right? To the glory of God. <laughs> to the glory of God, right? <laughs> um, you know, I could just go down the list mm-hmm. of the kids. I mean, there wasn't, you know, I mean, it's mess. Mm-hmm. And so servant leadership is just having eyes to see, ears to hear, and the willingness to step in to the mess. And, and, and I think so. that is the perfect ending to this podcast on Christian faith. If anything, we implore the leaders listening to this podcast, hey, step into the mess. Step into the mess. Whether there you're you managing go. a baseball team or managing a workforce, I have a lot of team members. It's a mess. And if anything, Jesus just like it, bring it on. Because he is the doctor. Hashtag and step into the mess. We got to get that going. There you go, man. But hey, <laughs> we would lo- both love to go way, way deeper into this with you guys. But in the meantime, go to the consultantwithcoach.com. Do us a favor. Please like this video. Subscribe to the podcast. Even more. Maybe serve us by leaving us like a five-star review and hit subscribe. But in the meantime, hey, uh, we'll be blessing you again next week as we dial into, uh, what's the book again? Anatomy of a Breakthrough by Adam Alter. uh, It it is awesome. It's a neat, neat book. I'm, I'm really excited. Okay. Anyway, everyone, you take care. All right. Bye.